This episode is brought to you by Ultra Human Supplements to support mental performance and promote optimal health. Try Ultra Human's Tau Nootropic, ideal for entrepreneurs, students, gamers, and athletes, so they can elevate their level of functioning up to eight hours with vivid clarity and optimal flow state. You can create extreme productivity and peak mental energy without harmful drugs, chemicals, and side effects. Use promo code MESOMORPHICS, that's M-E-Z-O-M-O-R-P-H-X, to receive money off your purchase of ultra-human Tau Nootropics. Welcome to the Chapter Podcast. My name is Vinny Dangerfield, entrepreneur and transformational wellness coach. Each week, I will share with you lessons I've learned as a founding president to my fraternity and as an active alumnus, along with life experiences from myself and guests. My mission is to create unconditional support and unity across every organization with each member and professional. Together, we can transform the culture of Greek life and connect every generation of leaders. Now, let our next chapter begin. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Vinny Dangerfield, and alongside me today is my co-host, Derek Freshcorn. We are super excited and grateful to have our special guest, Daryl Bellamy, on episode number eight, It's So Simple. Daryl is the author of Waking Up Chase, a motivational speaker and expert on fear. He has committed his work to extensively studying student fears to give educators a better understanding of today's student. He has collected and analyzed nearly 30,000 personal stories so that he can transform the lives of millions through his books, programs, and fearless events. Daryl believes every student is waiting for their moment, and he strives to help them find it. So without further ado, please welcome Daryl Bellamy to the show. Thanks, man. Thank you, Vinny. Thank you, Derek. And I'm excited to talk to the, to the chapter audience today, man. Yeah, of course, of course. So remember, you know, we've got, you know, not only undergraduates listening, uh, but we also have, you know, alumni, uh, people who are also working uh, on campuses, on universities, uh, but then also just, you know, alumni who are curious on figuring out how to, you know, lead their life uh, into a, a new chapter, right? Um, maximizing their results um, as a leader, as an influencer, living an empowered life, you know, and, and probably also living fearless. So this is going to be a, a super supportive episode for them, I am sure. Yeah, I love the way that you chose this niche, because I feel like after we leave college or when we're in that space, such an important space and i'm glad that you're or that you decided to focus on um this group of people so i'm excited yeah awesome man well hey uh why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit more to everybody out there listening okay so daryl bellamy uh decided maybe around three three and a half years ago i was working in corporate america enjoyed what i was doing uh, making good money i would say but wanted more for my life so didn't know what that path would look like, but I knew that where I was wasn't enough. Um, didn't have a didn't have a mentor or a coach at that time. Most of the books that I read said that that was the next step to go. Um, so I didn't have one. So I went to Google, typed in life coaches in Charlotte, and that was the first step of me meeting someone and, and figuring out what that next step was. So by meeting her, 
she introduced me to the, uh, the speaking and coaching. I realized that that was an actual industry that people were able to not only impact lives, but be able to uh, make a living doing it. <laughs> so I decided that I was going to save up some money and quit my job within a year. So I saved up uh, twenty-two to $25,000 throughout that year uh, and quit my job within a year and a month after I said I would. Um, so it, I, I went a month over. And since that moment um, that I decided I was going to quit and decided to actually quit, that first year was hard, as you can probably guess, um, trying, to get, trying to get the momentum up. But since then, I've been able to speak to over 40, I think it's like, like 49,000 people um, all around the country, so 35 states, four countries. And the, my main goal at the end of the day um, is to help my audiences, help people around the world realize um, that fearlessness is taking that step every day, that small step every day to push past those things that are bothering you, and that life that's better when you're fearless. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Thank you, Daryl. So I, I do have a question for you. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of our audience is probably in a similar kind of boat where maybe they're not in a fruitful job or may have aspirations of their own. And so I just wondered if you could like tell us, like, how did you know deep down in your core that it was time to do something different? And how did you, like, know that was the move that was right for you? So I don't think we ever know if it's the right move. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you feel it and you take whatever that small step is. So for me, I knew at that moment that I was, I think I was 22 at the time. So I didn't have any kids. I didn't have any real responsibility. I did have a house and a car, right? But I knew that in life there's, there's sometimes time frames where you're able to move and you're able to move flexibly. And I knew that I was young. I didn't have any real, real responsibilities. So I knew that as I got older, and this goes back to, I know me and Vinny were talking a few weeks ago about the, the, the ability to like read and make sure you're always gaining information. All the books that I was reading talked about a lot of times how when you get older, it becomes a little bit harder to, to, to take those jumps and leaps. So I knew at 22 or 23, it would be a lot easier in the future. But to be honest, looking back, um, I remember putting in my, my, my 30 day notice at my job or having those conversations with, with, with my bosses. I didn't know if it was the right step. I just knew that the future that I wanted for myself was not there. And I had to figure out what that next level was. So for your audience who are thinking about it and you're and, and if you're listening to this and you're looking for that and you, and you're looking to be 100% comfortable, it's never going to happen. <laughs> it's about making yourself as comfortable as you can and being so afraid of what your future looks like if you didn't push through it that you take that first step to do it. Mm. Yeah, thank you. That's, that's really good. Well, and I think, I think you kind of touched on something right there, man, is that you're never going to know what the right step is, right? Mm. And um, I, I think Derek and I can totally attest that uh, we've, <laughs> we've made choices – uh, that might not have even seemed quote unquote right in that moment, but Agreed. eventually it always somehow turns out to be the best decision ever. So mm-hmm. um, how have you perhaps in the moment still made those, those wrong decisions, but then how have they been able to turn out or how did you kind of reinterpret those, those uh, decisions that might not have worked out for you initially uh, at the beginning? So say that one more time, Vinny. Ask that question again for me. Yeah. So how how would you say that you've been able to, you know, reinterpret some of those experiences that you thought were wrong, but they actually ended up benefiting you later in long term? So I just, for myself, I just know that I am going to mess up and I know that I'm going to have those moments. 
um, and I'm comfortable with the failure in a way because, again, because I'm consuming content and I'm listening to some of these bigger guys and they're naming their failures. So when Tony or, or I'm listening to Jim Rohn or, or whatever those guys talk about their, their million-dollar failures, it makes my failures look a little bit easier to take. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so by comparing myself, and, and I talk about why it's not good to compare, but when you do compare with someone at a higher level, and you look at their biggest mistakes, it makes it a lot easier for you to get through yours. And when you make up in your mind that you're going to fail and that failure is okay, and that it's a part of the process and you get more comfortable with that, um, then it makes those moments a little bit easier to get through. So there were times during that first year in entrepreneurship where I was looking at my, I was looking at my bank account and I'm like, like, is this going to work? Like, but all of a sudden, like that right check came in or, or that right moment happened. But I was convinced throughout that whole time that if I had to go and do Uber, I would have to, right? Or that I could always go back and get a job. So a lot of that, a lot of that process is setting yourself up that if things don't work out, um, you're not going to, like, like life is not going to be over that you'll somehow make it through mm-hmm. by taking those steps. So it's almost kind of like you just took the pressure off. Yeah. Like there was no yeah. pressure. Yeah, there's all there. There always and for 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 me the pressure came mainly from judgment of like you know your friends believing your family believing you and you don't want to have to go back and say like I had to go get a job or I had to but at the end of the day if you have to you have to and that's okay like even now like let's say the industry goes down or I or I'm able like if I'm not able to survive the way I need to and I'm doing well right now but let's say things the economy turns right I know that it's okay if if I have to go back and get a job because it's a part of the process. And a lot of times we don't start or we don't do things because we're afraid of the worst case scenario where the worst case scenario usually never happens. Mm. So it's almost like we're setting ourselves up to fail. (laughs) Uh, Just (laughs) thinking about it. (laughs) Literally just thinking about it. Then you, then you never start where for me, quick story. um, When I got out of college in 2012 and I graduated, I tried to start a business called college concierge. So college concierge was a business to help first year students, get stuff on campus, get all those things that they needed. It didn't work out. But for two years after that, while working in corporate, I tried to figure out a way to remake that thing work, try to find a way to like pivot. And it didn't work out. But I knew that the core of that business was helping students. And looking back at it now, when I started Bellamy Inspires two, three years after that, I realized that I had to go through college concierge in order to get to Bellamy Inspires. I knew that was a pathway. I didn't know that then, but it became a pathway. And the thing that I hate is that there's people who are listening right now, people who want to try things and you don't do things, right? And what you realize is that if you don't do it, sometimes, how do I explain this? If you don't do it, sometimes that bad idea, you wait five years to do that bad, the bad idea, five years too late. So what if I would have waited to do college concierge five years into the future and then I realized five years that it was a bad idea. Luckily, I realized it three years ago that it wasn't a good thing, and then I was able to pivot. So I say start, try it, throw it out there, and you'll be amazed at how that idea that might not work out then will pivot you to your next big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's awesome. Uh, so I, I kind of wanted to touch on something you said earlier. You said there was always like a level of like discomfort or you know not quite being – 
okay with the decision you're making per se. And so I just kind of wondered, like, in the face of that, like, using, like, your focus and, like, fearlessness, like, how do you preserve that when you're doing something that feels, like, uncomfortable or feels like the future is uncertain? Like, how did you, like, really convince yourself to keep pushing through when you're in the face of that? Since, like, we know when businesses start or career moves take place, a lot of the times the, the thing that stops them is that, like, oh, no, like, I'm making this big new move. And so I, I kind of wonder, like, how do you use that fearlessness? Like, how do you create that for yourself? So for me, and I think we oftentimes look for these these big answers, these, like, for God to come down and be like, hey, this is the answer. But I, I really look at all of this as very, very simple, right? So for me, how do I preserve mine? Part of it is what am I doing with my body? And I think it's so crucial. So for me, it's making sure I'm going to the gym, making sure I'm working out, making sure I'm eating right. I think that plays a huge, a huge step into like your mental. The second thing is, it is so, it's so high. I get, I'm getting hyped because it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's simple stuff that we can all do, but we just don't do it. So thinking about like that morning routine, right? So I read this book when I first started entrepreneurship called The Miracle Morning. And it's all about, you know, what does that morning routine looks like? So what I would do is I would wake up, I would first drink a glass of water, I would then um, do five, five minutes of silence and five minutes of like meditation, and I would have my alarm clock literally set every five minutes, <laughs> and it would go off, like doing it, I would, I didn't have this, this, this vision board at the back of my door, and I would envision like what I wanted for myself, and then I would then, uh, I would then get dressed, go to the gym, and I would literally, I had, I was so stringent with my morning routine that there was alarm that time, like when I would get to the gym. It was a 10-minute alarm, like, when, when I would get off the treadmill. It time to go to the sauna. But that morning routine set, my, set, set up my day that allowed my day to start right, so therefore everything flowed from there. But I think we, so often we, 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 we don't think about the mental game that goes behind it. So you can have the money, you can have the backing, but if you're not getting up early, if you're not making sure that your body's right here, if you're not li- listening to those things – um, then it could sometimes stop you. So for me, I would say um, that, that that physical part is really huge for me and making sure that's right. And then I'm lucky enough um, to have some really supportive people around me, people who at least encourage me, people who give me that encouragement. And if you don't have that, right, if you don't have those people around you, you either have to, I would say, start going to some meetups, start, start. You'd be a surprise at who you can reach out to on social media who will give you conversations. But oftentimes we don't start, we don't try those things because we're afraid of that judgment or if they'll say no. But I would say first, what is your body doing? Make sure that's huge. Make sure you're, make sure you're taking advantage of those things. And second of all, getting around those good people who encourage you, um, who, who, who's allowing you to think differently. I, I mean, that's, that's brilliant because honestly, you know, that's, something that I've seen personally, even as a, a fitness and mindset coach, you know, is that uh, it's just people will always get the same answer if they keep doing the same thing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So yep. if they're not willing to ask somebody new or if they're not willing to do a new routine, of course, they're going to keep yielding the same results, right? Like uh, Einstein defined insanity as, as doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. We all know that. Yes. And, yes. and I think that's kind of what you're talking about. Um, so I've, I've actually been curious and, and wondering, you know, cause I'm, I'm currently also kind of shifting my routine around a little bit. You know, okay. I think people often think like, okay, well, if I get into a routine, I don't want it to be mundane and boring. 
So like, yeah. how can you leverage routine where it's systematic, like how you were scheduling it out to a T? How can you have that while still having like flexibility and fun and uh, enjoyment in life? And it's not just something boring. Great question. So you have to be okay with switching it up. So for me, I did that for like two months. And then it got Monday and it boring. Um, mm. And I had uh, my, my life switched and my life changed. But the great thing about it is I never, I never forgot that feeling I felt when I was doing all those things. And because it's still there, because I did it for that portion of time, it will always be a part of me. So, for example, I got up this morning. My alarm clock went off at 5 o'clock. I got up at 5. Um, I spent 10 minutes watching. I, I just go to YouTube and I typed in motivational video. Um, watch five minutes of that. I'm then re-listening to David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me. Love that book. Mm-hmm. Um, so I literally started, I did not want to get up because I just really started back like going hard in the gym. So like yesterday was like my day back. So my body this morning was really hurting. So I literally in the bed, I turned on Goggins. See, it's, it's these simple things. I turned on Goggins. I started listening to it for three minutes. It got my ass up. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, got up, brushed my teeth, and then went to the gym. I didn't do that whole routine because, um, I didn't need that right then. So it will get boring, but it's okay giving your time. It, it's, it's okay when you do give yourself um, the opportunity to change and switch things up because that's really what keeps us fresh. And it's also important to, to, to look at different things that, that, that you kind of can do to change that up a little bit. So mm. it, it does get boring. I agree. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, uh, one, one thing too, real quick, man, that you were just talking about, you know, is, almost wanting to stay in bed, right? Like the, the easy way out. Right. And I think, I think fear is traditionally that thing that keeps us stagnant, that keeps us immobile, uh, that keeps us from progressing. So how, how do you still combat your fears, right? Like being a fear expert, right. Being able to speak with over 49,000 people, uh, of, of their fears, you know, how do you still combat your fears and, and uh, keep moving forward through them? The one thing um, that has helped me that has given me so much strength um, is the ability to read all these fears, right? So if you look at my room right now, I was just seeing your video. There's like a wall of them. So I have them like rubber band and all that stuff. And I read all of those and to realize that I'm not alone is the first thing. Because sometimes when you're in that moment, and you're feeling that fear, when you feel like you're alone, you can sometimes keep your way, you can sometimes keep yourself away from people or kind of like not get that social interaction that you need. So, so that's the first way that I combat it is like, yo, Daryl. And the second thing I would say is to realize that um, for me, it's making or considering the future if I didn't push through my fear and letting that scare me. <laughs> so when I think about, so for example, let's, what is something that I'm doing right now that is scaring the heck out of me? Um, okay, so for example, um, I want to give out 100,000. I give out these bands at the end of every talk, right? And there's a, it's all black. On the inside, it says I'm fearless inside. So one thing I want to do is I want to give out 100,000 by the end of March. Right now, I've given away, I think, over 40. So right now, I have 20, I have like 15,000 in my garage. So 20, 30, 35, 40. I don't know. I don't know. I don't do math real well. But in order, <laughs> in order, in order to get to 100,000, um, I'll probably need to order around, like, I'm going to say 40,000 more. 
So that's yeah. like that's like a few thousand dollars. And for me, as I get these letters every day and these experiences from students and professionals of how they're able to push through fear, fear that comes in for me spending three to four thousand dollars on bands. And that voice literally came in like, Daryl, what if you don't give them all away? Daryl, what if you don't try it? But for me, I'm pushing through that because I think that oftentimes we don't we don't think about the impact that we can give enough. So oftentimes I think people out there who are listening, you have stories, you have things that you've been through in your life, things that you've experienced. And oftentimes you don't realize that if, that if you do share that, you'll be able to help people. But if you don't, people could literally die. People could literally not have the life that they dream or things that they want because you're not sharing your story or what you've been through. So for me pushing through that fear, I have to think about the people that I'm impacting and people that I won't impact if I didn't do it. And that allowed me to push through it. So oftentimes it's taking myself out of the situation, thinking about others, which allows me. Because oftentimes we'll do so much more for other people than we will ever do for ourselves, hands down. Mm -hmm. So if you can kind of take yourself out of it, I think that helps a lot of the times as well. Yeah. Awesome. And so something that is kind of coming up for me, something I've heard a lot about, um, just in like as we're talking about the fear, something I remembered, I've gotten questions around a lot myself is like when you're afraid of doing something like what if you're afraid actually not of like what's ahead of you but instead like you're afraid of what's behind you so like you're afraid of i have this job that is doing so well for me creates financial security like if i leave and it doesn't work like i'm losing that and so like how do you combat when you have that fear not necessarily of what is to come or what's unknown but like of actually losing the progress that you have made in other places of your life that's huge that's huge and that's Derek right yeah that was Derek okay so Derek it's funny because I did a um I did a I have a fearless assessment that I that, that I give out on certain occasions and I had like 400 people take it and one of the categories that I thought like you need to push through fear or things that you need is confidence so the one of, one of the things around the confidence score is one of the questions is I'm I'm allowing my past or I have things from my past that's stopping me from getting to whatever I need in the future. And it's amazing. Past experiences. The first thing is a lot of us don't even want to go and get the help. So a lot of us don't even want to go and talk to someone. And especially if we're talking about men who are listening. Um, we sometimes think that's weak. We sometimes think that if we do push through that and have those conversations, that we're not man enough. And I just want to encourage people that it's important that when it comes to those things that are stopping you, those things in your past, sometimes things you don't share, like the things I read and fear from, from, from sexual assault to, um, to childhood trauma, if you're able to talk to someone about that, um, it it allows you to be able to push through so many more things because those things aren't stopping you. So the first thing is, is getting comfortable with at least having the conversation with a brother or friend, having those tough conversations. I had a friend, um, close friend who shared with me something that happened to them as a, as a child as well. And I was like, wow. And I was the first person they told, but I know that by them sharing that, um, they were able to be, you know, I, th- I think they'll be able to push through a lot more things now because, again, just talking about things just just helps so much. So I would say just just being comfortable with talking about it and starting and starting at those small steps by having those conversations. That's that's great, man. I, I think that's super supportive. Definitely having that that confidence and then that support network around you. Um, 
Now, I, I know just from your experiences and, and everything that you've shared with me and, and a lot of your, your keynotes, um, you, you were already, you know, surrounding yourself with great supportive people. Uh, from my experience of you, you already had a certain level of confidence. But, you know, if somebody's listening and, and let's say it's, it's a completely new career field where it's like zero confidence, you know, or uh, they've moved to a new state and they know no one, right? Like, how do you actually combat that? How, how do you actually even build any momentum or get any traction around those sorts of things? You mean confidence. So how do you, Con- yeah, how confidence do you get- or, or how do you even start building a, a network, right? Like from zero, from scratch. So if I was, okay, so if I was starting all over again and I'm looking to build that network, the first thing that I found is that, so I was about to say the, the first thing would be to, how do you make yourself appealing that people, because people want to be around appealing people. But let's say you're not appealing. Let, let's say you're, you're, you're kind of just started. The first thing I would do is start searching for people that I look up to for people who are maybe one step above me and send out feelers to have lunch or have coffee or just to meet with them um, and do that fearlessly. So I would say throw out a whole bunch of, whole bunch of messages and find those people who, who you look up to who are doing something great, who you can just have a conversation with. And oftentimes if you send those DMs, if you have those conversations, I think you would be, I think a lot of you all would, would be shocked at the amount of people who would say yes. Now, there's some people who you're going to have to follow up with. There's people who want you to get to a certain level. It's a little bit harder to contact them. But there's a lot of people in your community who will be willing to at least sit down and have a conversation with you if you reach out. Another secret that I give, especially for those high-level people that I want to sit down with or I want to have conversations with, is if, if there's somebody that is in a, at a certain level, I will read all their books, I'll read their articles, and then when I reach out, I'm reaching out saying, hey, I just read three of your books, or hey, I just read certain things, especially if they're in your community and, and stuff like that. People love hearing about themselves. People love <laughs> when people hype them up. You can come at it from that stance. Like if someone just reached out to me right now and said, hey, Daryl, let's have coffee, it might be a little bit harder. But if they said, hey, Daryl, I just read Waking Up Chase and I read your, your last three blog articles, they could probably get on the phone with me a lot quicker. <laughs> just fair. based on them being interested in them knowing what I'm about. Um, I had a conversation with someone who I actually I met at an alumni event at my school. Um, we had a great conversation. He said, Daryl, you want to um, – Daryl, I would love to talk about speaking. We got on a phone call mainly because he was, a, he was a student at my school, and students get so much more love because they're young and they're learning. So if you're a student and you're listening to this, take advantage of being um, young and, and fresh because people will often help students more than they'll help adults. <laughs> so true. It's so true. <laughs> so I literally, say, I literally say take advantage of it while you can. But starting out, I would just try to meet and contact as many people as I can at the level that I'm at or at least one level above. And I hate certain people who are listening to this are podcast listeners, but they're not readers or they don't look at YouTube videos on this type of stuff. But it's hard for me to give advice um, for people who aren't readers because that's how I've gotten to where I am before, right now, hands down. I, when I have a struggle, when I'm looking for whatever that next level is, I literally buy a book. I literally find a book. And the thing is, you don't even have to buy a book. Just go to the library and find a book on it or – Oh, there's people now, which is amazing, Vinny and Derek. 
there's people who literally review books on on you YouTube, so you don't even have to read the book. So you can <laughs> you can literally go to YouTube and type in the book, for example, "How to Win Friends and Influence People," <laughs> and they will literally right. walk you through every chapter. So there's literally no excuse. So I would say, mm-hmm. yo, find those people at the next level, and then read or type in type into Google or type into YouTube. We have so many resources these days that can get us to that next level. But take advantage of it um, and go from there. Hope yeah. that helps. Hope that helps. Yeah. Oh, for yeah, sure, for sure. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of curious too. Uh, I've had conversations with other professionals around this before. Um, it's the big M word in college students, which is mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of wonder if you could like share your thoughts and like your opinions and advice and whatnot on like how do you seek that mentor in whatever uh-huh. industry or like whatever it is you're wanting to pursue. Like, how do you have those conversations around like creating that mentorship that's going to like really vault you into whatever it is you're looking at. I literally don't even like the word mentor. Um, <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to repeat that because I had a call that came in. Um, I really don't like the word mentor because for the mentor, it feels like a giving and not getting anything back. It feels very, very, very one-sided, right? When I think of the word like getting that mentorship, for those who are looking for those mentors, I think it's clear to define what is it that you want to be mentored in and how do you want that mentor to help you? So if someone came to me and said, Daryl, can you be my mentor? I'm like, in what? Do you want mentorship in mindset? Do you want a mentorship in learning more about fear? Do you want a mentorship about speaking? And a lot of times when people come and they ask for that, they're not clear on exactly what they want. So the first thing is to be very, very clear on not only what you want, but how do you think that person can help you in the time commitment that you want from that individual? So if you say, Daryl, can I have 15 to 20 minutes with you every two weeks or once a month? But if you just say, Daryl, can you mentor me? For me, there's just a lot of stuff that comes into that. And I'm like, how much time is this going to take? What do you want? What do you need? So for me, this is, this is a quick piece of advice. When I need anyone's time, for example, there's a New York Times bestseller, um, he wrote, um, he wrote one of the top books um, for freshman students. He sold over a million. I think he sold, when, when I talked to him on the phone, he said he sold over 800,000 copies at this point. But his book is always number one in my category, like one, or probably the top five in my category. So I reached out to them to, to, to get some help and assistance. But when I sent that Facebook Messenger message, I said, hey, all I need is 15 minutes. Do you have 15 minutes when you're driving that we can chat? And I got on, I wound up talking to him later on that week because I asked for 15 minutes. He wound up talking to me for an hour, <laughs> but literally at that 15-minute mark, I was like, hey, um, are you good? Or um, I know I asked for 15 minutes. We can schedule another time, or that was it. And he wound up talking to me for more time. So I would mm. say when it comes to mentors, the first thing is figure out what the hell do you want to be mentored on? Thinking about time-wise, like how much time do you actually need, um, and then going from there. But mentors are there to help you in just being clear and not asking for too if you start with that 15 minutes, you'll be amazed at how much time they're willing to give you. Because most of the people that I know who've achieved some amazing things, we're givers because we really want to help. Mm-hmm. I totally, totally agree, man. I mean, even even this podcast, right? Like, uh, really, this is something that we're just super passionate about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not yeah. like this is uh, generating, you know, uh, millions and millions of dollars or anything. I think that's I think that's the thing is. Um, 
I, I like to define passion as a powerful and emotional drive, mm-hmm. right? And so if people have a, a passion towards something, uh, they're going to do whatever it takes. And so, I mean, that, that kind of goes into now, you know, when you're finding these mentors or um, even when you're pursuing something else, like how do you, even if you have so many passions, how do you still categorize or prioritize all the things that you want to do? Right. Like I know you and I have talked about all the things that you want to do uh, moving forward in your profession. But how, how do you um, recommend or how do you personally categorize and prioritize all of your passions? And I haven't done really good at this. Um, OK, that's fair. Better. Hey, that's good, I, man. That's good. <laughs> I used to beat myself up when I didn't get certain things done or certain things fell by the wayside. And now I want to say over the last like two months and I'm getting very, very clear on what I want to achieve. When things don't happen the way I need to, for example, I really want to do a podcast or something on like student stories, students feel the stories. And I have a, I have a team member who was like, Hey, Daryl, like I want to, I want to interview them. I want to do an article. And she just hit me up like, Daryl, I'm waiting for you to hook me up with that person. And in the past, I'll be like, Oh, I feel bad about not reaching out and not getting her the information. But now I'm like, you know what? It's okay. I'm just not ready for that right now. So I reached back out and was like, Hey, um, when I'm ready, I'll reach out. But right now I just have a lot going on. So how do I prioritize? Um, great question. Uh, hmm. How do I prioritize? You got me on that one. Nice. <laughs> At this point, I would say it's based on what, and this is not always the best answer, uh, or not the best thing to do, but it's based on what gets me, number one, the most excited. <laughs> mm. The most excited. So one thing that I'm prioritizing right now is email lists, Right. So, so two weeks ago, so I've been collecting students' emails and audience emails for years, and I have like 10,000 people on my list at this point, but I haven't been sending out any emails. So I sent out my first like real big email blast like two weeks ago, and 5,000 people opened it. So literally that blew my mind, and I started getting messages and letters. So now the whole idea of communicating with my audience, not necessarily through social media, we can still do that but I own my audience through email. Like I, I know that I'm getting in their email box or social media. They're kind of like the, the algorithm is controlling that. So right now I'm really, really excited to not only communicate with my audience on a weekly basis, but to be able to do more um, of that work. So I'm thinking about a subscription service now. I'm thinking about, I'm, I'm just thinking about any ways that I'm able to communicate with my audience. Um, on that one-on-one basis so for me I'm prioritizing down on what gets me really really excited and right now I'm hype about having that one-on-one communication and also um, for me when we think about not only impact but we think about being able to sustain financially um, I know that I love being on stage one of the things that I love I love being out there but I would love to spend that's maybe less and impacting in other ways so I know mm-hmm. that a book is something that I need to do at this point. For me, if I don't write a book, I can see pain in my future if I don't write that second book. So that scares the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. So therefore, um, I'm definitely taking the steps now in order to write out that. I spent the time away in a cabin last week, um, kind of started to prioritize in the book process because that scares me if I don't get it done. So for me, it's what needs to get done, what's scary if I don't get done and then what excites me? So I don't know if that's the right answer, but that's how I prioritize at this point. Sounds like your answer, man. Sounds like a great yeah. answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. That resonates. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks Daryl. Uh, I, I guess like the last question I kind of have around this is like, if, 
like a lot of what we've been hearing is a lot of like if you're wanting to get into like the speaking and you know like creating a network and uh those kind of things and i I was just kind of curious like if you had any kind of thoughts or wisdom or anything like that for maybe somebody who is a little less interested in like being a public figure so much as like they have i guess more modest if you will goals to like be in an industry or like be something amazing in an industry um more like the career force and that kind of thing like do you have kind of like some different guidance for somebody in that sort of area or is there you know a lot of uh, continuities between what we've talked about today and someone like that i think it's uh i think it's all the same i think it's very uh, i would say that no matter what you're doing, I think the principles and the foundations are always the same. If, you, if you're eating right, if you're working out, if you're staying around good people, if you're, contain, if you're, if you're out there developing yourself, whether that's conferences, whether that's reading books, whether that's podcasts, if you're, if you're looking at those things in the future and those things and your future, it, in the future that you want for yourself, you know I mean, if in the oh way, oh, let me change my thoughts. And if you're looking at your future, and if you're not doing things that it will ultimately hurt you, and you're able to push through those things, if you're able to do all those things, I think the foundations will always be there. So the answer to that question would be, at the end of the day, I would say, whether you want to be the next Oprah or you want to be the CEO of a company, or you just want to be the manager of your plant, or whatever that is. Um, I think if you take those things into play and you do those things, you're, you're going to be successful long-term. Yeah, that's Thanks. huge. Yeah, yeah for, for sure, sure, man. I, I think when, when you're talking about that, it's, it really just comes back down to general principles, like you said. You know, it's, it's totally applicable, and, and that's why – you know, having you on it, I knew you would be able to resonate with everybody of our audience, right? We've got people who are looking to become entrepreneurs, people who are uh, in undergrad, uh, people who are already in the workforce, you know, and have multiple uh, careers uh, under their belt and have families. And, And I think that's what you're talking about right there, man, is truly like at the end of the day, regardless of age, race, uh, regardless of, you know, how many years of experience you have, you're still going to be able to achieve success with these basic principles that we've been talking about. And I want to say this to Vinny and Derek and, and to the chapter audience, it, it sometimes hurts me. Sometimes it's, it's, it's hard for me to sometimes when I do do podcasts and when I'm in front of audiences or when people are wanting that one-on-one time and they're looking for a profound answer, because I just want to go back to this and reiterate. It's simple. Yeah. It's all so simple. Like, yeah. like, like, you're, like you're looking for this answer that's going to be like, oh, and I, I can guarantee it's probably not coming. Like there's simple strategies. There's simple things that if you do, if you, I, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, I'm getting excited. If you do those things, you'll be successful. Stop looking for something like amazing to come down and like tell you you're good enough. I'm waiting for that thing to come down and be like, yo, do these things. Yo, it's simple stuff that once you do it that's cool. so that's it okay that's it. no no that's, that's <laughs> simple that's great. I, honestly that that's like the big epiphany moment for me i think even like even when you're re- you're talking about this right like if i look back at at any achievements that that i've had and and even derek and mm-hmm. i uh we've we've talked about it it's like super simple and i think that's the epiphany moment it's like <laughs> oh man we love making things hard as humans 
Oh, I don't know how many times we had that conversation. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's great. That's great. Well, hey, buddy, listen. Uh, really you, appreciate you spending all of your time with us this uh, for this episode. We've just got one more question for you, if that's okay. You ready? All right. So we know that you're an author, but yep. if you were to have now your autobiography uh, of years and years into the future, what would be your last sentence of your last chapter in your book? What would it say? Uh, the last sentence in my last book would be, it's all so simple. It's all so simple. Um, and it's been something that I've lived by for um, something that I've heard. So I, quick story. I'm always story guy. But um, the, I heard that – so Oprah said that she interviewed um, this mom who, who lost her son. Um, he was sick. But his last words and, like, the breathy tone when he was – his last few words was, Mom, it's all – so simple and I never forgot that because again a lot of times we we make things in life hard so for me I'm trying to simplify everything so I just want to those be my last words it's all so simple never forget that's awesome well that is uh I I don't want to overcomplicate things (laughs) I'll tell you what thank you that's that's all I have to say man thank you so much for for hopping on this episode yeah and uh we're definitely looking forward to hearing more about your progress and, you know, seeing the, the massive impact that you continue to create for students and uh, so many other people. Uh, where can we stay in touch with you? Uh, where can we find your book? Uh, where could we uh, set you up for a keynote? Like all those things. Nice. So Bellamy Inspires, B-E-L-O-A-M-Y Inspires.com. Also feel free to follow at Bellamy Inspires on Instagram. Shoot me a message um, or DM saying follow me back, bro. Book is on. See my website. Find everything from the fearless bands to anything like. So Daryl, uh, totally accurate, man. Uh, life is truly simple. Just to not overcomplicate things. Uh, with that in mind, man, uh, how can we simply get in touch with you? How can we order your book? Uh, how could we s- schedule you for a keynote? Nice. So you can find me at bellamyinspires.com. Uh, also, you can follow me on Instagram at. Uh, uh, once you follow me, feel free to DM me um, and and say, follow me back, bro, and I'll make sure I follow you back. But the book, all that stuff is on there. When it comes to speaking or anything else, getting in contact with me, Daryl at BellamyInspires.com or my website. Um, and anyway, I can help your chapter, your group, your organization, or you. Feel free to reach out, and I'll be happy um, to add awesome. value. Awesome. Well, Daryl, thank you so much again, man. Really appreciate you. Uh, You're truly, truly amazing. Super inspiring. Um, When, when we had talked about getting you on the, on the chapter podcast, um, I knew you would be a great fit and I'm really, really excited for all of the incredible feedback uh, from our audience. So uh, thank you again, man. And uh, we'll be in touch soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, I would love to hear your feedback about the podcast. Leave a comment and review down below. 
While you're at it, share what leadership is to you. I am always open to suggestions of what you would like to hear on the next episode of the podcast, or if you'd like to have me speak with your organization or facilitate a workshop, go ahead and reach out to me via Instagram at VDangerF or on Facebook at Vinny Dangerfield. I can't wait to share more content with you all next week. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you can get notifications of when the next episode is released. Thanks so much, and I'll see you at the next chapter.